0: This is the Jerry Callahan show. You know my son is looking for a job. I just realized this. maybe, uh, maybe there's an opening here. Maybe it's a career move for my son. There's an opening at Harvard. Everyone would like to work at Harvard, right? It's a very prestigious place. They have some of the greatest minds in the American uh, in America today. Lori Lightfoot works there. Brian Steltler. Bill de Blasio, <laughs> and uh, until yesterday or until the earlier this week, Cedric Lodge worked at Harvard. He is, uh, he's out. He was the Harvard Medical School morgue manager, and uh, Cedric got caught. Cedric was uh, had a little business on the side. When he wasn't managing the morgue, he was selling body parts, and uh, they busted him. They indicted him and his wife for selling body parts to buyers in Pennsylvania and Massachusetts. The scheme ran from 2018 to 2021, and Cedric made, him, made himself some money selling dead selling parts of dead people. Uh, you asked this question before we started Ironhead. It's a good one. Uh, you think any any of the family members are going to find out because they donated their body parts to science? It sounds like a noble thing. I'll donate my body parts to Harvard Medical School. I'm I'm a do- I'm a, 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 a whatever a organ donor. I got it right there on my license. Uh, I I did it so that you know maybe you just you never know I could maybe get out of a speeding ticket someday if uh, you know a cop said, "Ooh, this guy's donating body parts." I mean, uh, <laughs> donating organs. There on the screen, if you're watching along with us, there is Cedric Lodge. And all I'm going to say is uh, it's always the ones you least expect. There he is. (laughs) He was selling body parts. Who knew? Who could have known? This is amazing. I mean, the, the, the reaction, my initial reaction is, how do you get hired when you look like this? Every time I see a person with a face tattoo, and this guy, he's got more than a face tattoo. He's got half his face is completely inked up, He's got horns, I believe. Would those be horns? He's got weird ear holes. I think he probably has one of those deals where they do a procedure on your eyeballs. Did he do this after he got the job, or did he walk in and interview looking like this? I think or when maybe,
1: he I think he walked in looking like that, and they were like,
0: "You're hired." Maybe, maybe this is a good look for a morgue manager. But we'll get we'll get to the details on uh, Cedric Lodge's criminal scheme. He, not only did he and his wife get busted, but some of the buyers got busted as well. I got I to gotta ask. I mean, he's just looking to make some money. Obviously, he's a creepy guy, a morgue manager, but he's just looking to make some money. The people buying the body parts, those are the ones that I want to know about. I want to know what you were doing. One woman, according to the indictment, bought a face. How do you buy a face? What, what, what does it look like? Is it like uh, the movie Face Off? With uh, Nicolas Cage and John Travolta, where they just take the face and put it on someone else. But uh, it's a woman from Salem, and I'm just gonna guess she's a witch. I'm just gonna guess, but we'll get to that. Uh, We'll get to some of the details on Cedric Lodge's scheme, and I'll ask the question I've been asking most of my life Why would you ever wanna go to Harvard? The dumbest people, the worst people go to Harvard. Can you imagine sending your child to Harvard? You're very proud, they got they got good SAT scores or good grades. Well, that doesn't matter anymore. They, they, they check the box. So they go to Harvard and uh, you find out they're in a class with Brian Steltler as the, as the lecturer or Lori Lightfoot. They're teaching your child who is uh, obviously an overachiever, a great, a great student. And they go there and that space alien Lori Lightfoot walks into class and says, uh, Pull out your notebooks, guys. or maybe you know they're they're <laughs> they're sitting in a coffee shop next to Cedric Lodge. He's got a bag full of body parts waiting to meet his his customers. Uh, but it's a crazy story. It's a sick story. And uh, once again, the worst people go to Harvard. Although sometimes someone sneaks through and makes it at Harvard and makes something of themselves. And that would be the best example. That would be Ted Cruz. Every time I hear Ted Cruz talk, he's brilliant. He's articulate. Ted Cruz would have been the greatest politician before TV, you know, like when we only had radio, uh, because he's a great speaker. He looks a little strange. People don't like the way he looks or carries himself maybe. But when you just hear him speak, he's so good. He's so good at grilling uh defendants, witnesses. He's a great debater. Alan Dershowitz had him as a student at Harvard and said he's one of the smartest students he's ever had. Can you imagine you go to Harvard, you're a hard right Republican. You gotta fight every day, whether it's your professors, your fellow students, administration. He honed his skills at Harvard because he had to fight every day because he had to be the only one in most of his classes that wasn't a total left-wing loon. But uh Ted Cruz, and this didn't get nearly enough play this week. We got lots to get to on this Thursday, this U.S. Open Thursday. We'll get to Ironhead's bets. He is really letting it ride. Would you? Would you throw down on the U.S. Open ten bucks? Fifteen total. 15 bucks, five, five, and five across the board. A five and a ten.
1: Five and a ten. A
0: five and a ten dollar bet. We'll tell you about Ironhead's bets. We'll make our predictions. Uh, I like the US Open, but it's not nearly as much fun, in my opinion, as the Masters. We're getting ready for four solid days of the announcers and the analysts, and again, the people walking. Uh, with the groups to talk about the rough. Oh, it's so hard. Oh, it's so tough. It's so. Oh, it's so punitive. You got to be so strong to get it out of the rough. They, they will be obsessed with the rough, and they'll show you a ball that goes down in the grass. And it just, to me, it gets tedious when you miss the fairway by a yard. You're not supposed to lose your ball. All right. Again, I like it. Lots of pressure. the The whole live thing is going to make it even more intriguing. We'll see how these live guys handle the pressure. I'll just give you a quick prediction. Brooks Kepka will finish ahead of Rory McIlroy. Rory, Rory's under the gun now. He just seems like he's a little embattled and I'm not sure he's, uh, he's up for a major challenge this week, but Kepka, he's always up for a major challenge. So Kepka will finish ahead of uh, Rory. That's my uh, first prediction, but we'll get to that. We'll tell you what, uh, what Ironhead is banking on. Daniel Penny was indicted that is such a sad story. When you think about the state of, of our society, you indict a hero. Every, all decent people agree he's a hero. This is a small band of lunatics like Al Sharpton and Ben Crump and uh, Alvin Bragg who want to put this guy behind bars. They want him, I believe he's facing 20 years, facing second-degree manslaughter and other charges. They want to put him in prison for stepping up not worrying about himself, stepping up to protect others, to protect women and children from this raving lunatic. And when are we going to see the toxicology report for uh, Jordan Neely? Will we see the manifesto out of uh, Nashville from the trans terrorist? Or will we see the trans... <laughs> the trans the trend of, I can't even say it, tranifesto, the tranifesto. Will we get the tranifesto or will we get uh, the toxicology report for Jordan Neely? It's like it, everything feels like it's rigged these days, doesn't it? I mean, obviously the Trump indictment, that's, that's all political. That's a political persecution. Obviously the media is doing their best to bury the accusations against the Bidens that the the evidence we have now that the Bidens were taking millions in bribes. And I'm just going to guess, that's just the tip of the iceberg. I'm going to guess Joe Biden took a lot more than $5 million. By the way, he has $10 million on his tax return. $10 million in revenue or in income in 2017, I believe, which has never been explained. They say, oh, he, uh, he wrote a book. Have you ever in your life heard anyone read Joe Biden's book or Jill Biden's book? The two of them took in $10 million, and no one is quite sure where it came from. Maybe... Now we know, and, we gotta, and we're going to talk to Chadwick Moore. If you don't know who Chadwick Moore is, you will. He, is, uh, he used to be on Fox a lot, a guest on Tucker, a guest on uh, Gutfeld. He's been banned by Fox News because he wrote a book about Tucker. And no one in the history of uh, book writing has anyone had better luck. I mean, sure, he's a good writer. I'm sure he's a great reporter. But boy, what luck. He had the book all done, ready to go, and then Tucker got fired, held up the publishing date, added a chapter or two, and this one is going to be a big, big bestseller. I'm looking forward to reading it. We'll, uh, we'll talk to Chadwick. He got to hang with Tucker, like for for weeks and weeks in Florida, in Maine, hang with his family, friends, talk to other Fox people. This, this book's going to be big, and uh, maybe, maybe it'll answer the big question of why. Why did why did Fox News bud light itself? Why did they do this? Why did they get rid of their biggest star? Lots of theories. We've talked about them here. Mm-hmm. Maybe Chadwick Moore will enlighten us. But I want to start with Ted Cruz because this, again, didn't get nearly enough play. We, we know the FBI is a thoroughly corrupt uh, outfit, a thoroughly corrupt wing of the Biden administration. Their job is to protect the Biden family we know they had evidence of this bribery scheme before the election in 2020. I believe they had it in 2017. They had the, uh, the, the story from the informant that said the Russia, uh, the Ukrainian oligarch um, paid Joe Biden, $5 million paid Hunter Biden, $5 million. Uh, the, the, um, the oligarch's name is Z- Nikola, Zolchevsky, M- Mikola Zolchevsky, he was the founder of Burisma, the company, the corrupt uh, natural gas company that hired Hunter Biden for $83,000 a month. Um, he claims, he alleges that he has 17 recordings, 15 with, uh, of conversations with Hunter, two with Joe Biden, talking about uh, the deal they made the pay-to-play scandal. Uh, There's more details about this from the Federalist this morning. They have a source. I'm not sure who it is. Somebody, um, some Republican, maybe Chuck Grassley, maybe Jim Comer, who's giving them details. And it is damning. I should remind you that none, none of the networks have touched this. The New York Times hasn't written a word about this. The Washington Post had one small story the other day and they said the evidence is, is transparently thin against the Bidens. The, uh, the, the only reason you can claim that is because the FBI is sitting on the evidence. The FBI would not let, even let Congress see the evidence. They redacted the claim that the guy had audio recordings. So I think there's no more. No more doubt. There's no more discussion here. The FBI is thoroughly corrupt. They are completely 100% in the tank for our corrupt uh, commander-in-chief, Joe Biden. It is sad the lengths the FBI is going to to protect Joe Biden. It's sad that they've become this, this political, this, this dishonest, but they have. Uh, I don't know if you know who uh, Deputy Director Paul or Abate He's the new face of the FBI. Christopher Ray's hiding. Obviously, Christopher Ray's a slime ball. But so is Paul Abate. He's the deputy director. He went in front of the Senate. And uh, say what you want about the Republicans. They got some guys who are really good at this. They got John Kennedy from Louisiana, who is the best at grilling witnesses. They got Josh Hawley. He's very good. But nobody, nobody is in Ted Cruz's league. So he gets Abate in front of the Senate under oath and he just rips the flesh from his bones. And Abate has no answer. Abate all but admits that they are covering for Joe Biden. He can't, he can't come up for an explanation, come up with an explanation of why they sat on the evidence. He won't even answer if they have possession of an audio tape. He won't answer. He is flat out protecting the Biden family under oath in front of the world, in front of the Senate, in front of the cameras. It's remarkable, but Cruz does not let him off the hook. This is a little long. uh, um, Maybe you've heard it already. It didn't get much play. It should have because you can come away with no other conclusion that the FBI has the evidence. They covered it up for years now. This should have been, by all rights, this should have been front page news before the 2020 election, well before the 2020 election, maybe, you know, maybe there'd be another Democrat in the White House now because Joe Biden obviously would have been forced out of the race yet again. I believe that would have been the third time he would have pulled out of a presidential campaign in scandal. But this is worse. I mean, the plagiarism scandals and everything else, all the lies he's told over the years. But this is different. This is in the Constitution. This is impeachable. It is bribery. This is a high crime. This is bribery, flat out. Five million dollars. You fire the prosecutor who is looking into my son's corrupt company. I get that done that the founder of Barisma kicks 5 million bucks to Joe 5 million to Hunter and god knows how much else but when you watch this when you listen to this you can't help but think that he is he's got this info he's got this evidence and he's sitting on it he's hiding it he's protecting biden there's no other explanation for his uh, evasiveness and he looks so angry this guy looks like he just wants to sick his agents on cruise i wouldn't be surprised if if they're going to toss Ted Cruz's uh, DC apartment <laughs> any day now, come up with some uh, phony charge against Ted Cruz. Cause boy, did he get under the skin of this smarmy uh, uh, deputy director of the FBI? Let's watch a little bit of Ted Cruz. Just do his thing. Go ahead.
2: Gentlemen, every day when I'm home in Texas, I hear from Texans who are deeply dismayed about the growing politicization and weaponization of the Department of Justice and the FBI. If you are not, every one of you should be deeply concerned about the damage being done to the integrity of the institutions in which you operate. My office hears regularly from FBI agents and from assistant U.S. attorneys who are likewise concerned about the politicization and weaponization of the Department of Justice and the FBI, and this is profoundly damaging to the rule of law in our nation. Last month, a whistleblower brought to light the existence in the FBI of a report in FD 1023 in which the informant alleges that President Biden and his family members engaged in a $5 million bribery scheme during his time as vice president. Deputy Director Abadi, is it true that the FBI has a report making those allegations?
3: Uh, I'm not going to comment on that, Senator. And why is that? I'm just not going to comment on uh, information we received, investigations. Do you owe an obligation
2: to the American people to be candid about evidence of corruption by the President of the United States?
3: This is uh, an area that I'm not going to get into with you, Senator.
2: Well, I understand you don't want to. And that's why people are mad at the FBI, because you're stonewalling and covering up serious allegations of evidence of corruption from the president. Yesterday, Senator Chuck Grassley stood on the Senate floor and alleged that there are 17 recordings of this informant from Burisma, Ukrainian natural gas company, Fifteen of them are recordings, voice recordings of him talking to Hunter Biden. Two of them are voice recordings of him talking to Joe Biden, Deputy Director Abate. Does the FBI have 17 voice recordings laying out evidence of a bribery scheme,
3: Senator? I'd add, all, I would add also that uh, we've worked with the House Oversight Committee. Yeah, this is the, the Senate. We're the other side were. of the Capitol. This is the Senate. Do you have those 17 recordings? I'm not going to comment on any investigative matters, Senator. See, that's the
2: problem. The FBI, and I've had this conversation with Chris Ray, too. This is why you are damaging the institution. The American people have a right to know whether there is serious, credible evidence that the president of the United States took a $5 million bribe. And by the way, if it's false, Chairman Durbin just rolled his eyes. If Chairman Durbin were interested in the rule of law we would have a hearing on these allegations but of course the democrats don't want a hearing on the, these allegations and to be clear if the allegations are false you know who could disprove them Joe Biden he could call for this to be released publicly but the fbi is stonewalling
3: would we you agree two things, senator no sure. one's stonewalling the 1023 you just said you refused to answer the question response to a subpoena. Okay, and then, the then why did you refuse to committee? answer my the, question? The pertinent information is there, and I reject your assertion that the Why FBI did you refuse to answer my question? I just answered your question.
2: Okay. So yes, you have a ten twenty three. Do you have the seventeen recordings? Yes or no?
3: I'm not gonna get further into this. So
2: story. you're stonewalling. You can't say I'm not refusing to answer your question, but I won't answer your question.
3: I'm going to answer within the parameters that we operate in.
2: That's the problem. The FBI has right now an unlimited hubris that you believe you are unaccountable. You don't believe you're accountable to the United States Congress, and you don't believe you're accountable to the American people and you are doing damage. The FBI is a great institution. When I go home to Texas, people ask me, should we abolish the FBI? Now, I tell them no, because you have heroes and patriots working for you that are catching child predators, that are catching terrorists. But you're sitting there happily erecting a wall to protect Joe Biden. Will you provide to this committee? not the House, the Senate Judiciary Committee, will you provide the FD-1023 and will you provide the 17 recordings so we can assess what is the evidence, the specific credible evidence that Joe Biden personally took a $5 million bribe from a foreign national?
3: Senator, we will work with this committee, you and other members, to provide uh, the information within the parameters of the process. Will you
2: provide the FD-1023, yes or no?
3: I will take that back and we will work with our So you're not answering that. Will you provide
2: the 17 recordings?
3: We will take that back and we'll work with you. So you're not
2: answering that either. Did you investigate in any way, shape or form these allegations?
3: Senator, once again, I'm not going to comment. So you're not going to say whether
2: you did your job.
3: We do our job to the very best of our ability. Well, not
2: here. You're not answering a single question to the American people. And you may think this is esoteric. I promise you, millions of Americans are concerned. You know who isn't concerned? Not a single Senate Democrat. We're going to go through this whole hearing. Not one Democrat will ask a question about this. You know who else isn't concerned? The corporate media who is joining with the Democrats in covering up this evidence. If Joe Biden is innocent... The evidence should be made public and demonstrate that he's innocent. But if he is not, is it true this informant who alleged that he personally took a bribe was an informant the FBI had relied upon previously in other investigations? Yes or no?
3: In each and every uh, investigation that we have, all the work that we do, the expectation is that
0: a This guy is just such a swamp rat, just such a sleaze. This is all the evidence I need. I know I'm, I'm biased. I, I believe every word of it. I believe Joe Biden is as corrupt as anyone we've ever seen in political office. I believe he took many, many millions, more than just the $5 million. I believe he's enriched his whole family. He says, where's the money? It's in real estate. It's in watches. It's in suits. He lives like he's a billionaire. Uh, we've seen that for years, for decades uh, that's his thing. He he, he he lives the lifestyle of the rich and famous. It's what he's always aspired to. Hunter was the bag man. He was supposed to be out there making the money, kicking it back to dad. We know he gave half his money to dad. We know we paid all the bills at, at Joe Biden's various mansions. We know this. This sleazeball at the FBI, all but admit it. I watched that and I said, if he didn't have the evidence, he would he would have had the answers would have been totally different if he had the evidence. If he had the tapes, if he had the the FD 11023 with the evidence, that's how he would answer that. He would evade, avoid. He would he'd get all huffy and say, I'll, I'll take it back. I'll You know, we do it to the best of our ability. You do not. You are lying. You are a sleazeball. They have the evidence and they've had it for years. Joe, business, Joe Biden has no business even being in the White House. We should have known this. Again, maybe the president would be, you know, whatever, Pete Buttigieg or or Kamal Harris or Gavin Newsom at this point. I don't know. But Joe Biden has no business holding that office. All right. Great job by Harvard's own Ted Cruz. Uh, Before we get to Chadwick Moore, I got to get it. I got to get this story. We got to we got to get the details on this uh, other Harvard story. A lot of Harvard stories today. All right. Let me. Let me, let's me let take a quick break. Then we'll do the Harvard story. Then we'll do Chadwick Moore. Then we'll get to Ironhead's uh, bets and do our quick predictions on the U.S. Open. Sound good? Sure. All right, let's do it. Hi, right, let me tell you about Eden Pure Thunderstorm air purifiers. They use proven oxy technology that quickly destroys viruses, odors, mold, and so much more. With over 350,000 already sold, you know it works. Any smell will vanish after just a few seconds with the thunderstorm being on. Odors from litter boxes, trash cans, cigarette smoke, dirty diapers, and much more are no match. I got a son, big guy, strong guy, likes to work out, sweats a lot, smells a lot sometimes. Just put my Eden Pure Thunderstorm right there in his room, and in a few minutes, the stench is gone. The powerful thunderstorm sends out O3 molecules, which seek out and destroy odors. These molecules even go behind and under furniture. Nothing can hide from the thunderstorm. Best of all, no filters to buy over and over and over again, saving you money. Start enjoying your home again. And get several thunderstorms. Right now, you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm free pack for whole home protection. You get three units for under $200. Put one in your basement, bedroom, family room, kitchen, or anywhere you need clean, fresh air. Go to EdenPureDeals.com and put in discount code Jerry to save $200. That's EdenPureDeals.com, discount code Jerry, G E R R Y. Shipping is free. All right, this is from the BBC of all places. Uh, it says, uh, the manager of Harvard Medical School's morgue and three others have been charged with buying and selling stolen human remains. Cedric Lodge took heads, brains, skin, and bones from cadavers that were donated to Harvard's Medical School, and he sold them online. According to indictment, he and his wife, Denise, sold body parts to buyers in Pennsylvania and Massachusetts from 2018 to 2020. He he used his position as, quote, anatomic, uh, as manager of the anatomical gifts program at Harvard Medical School to dismember cadavers donated for medical research. Harvard uses these things for uh, the medical uh, procedures for their medical students. Uh, They're accused of uh, harvesting, selling and shipping body parts. From the donate, at at times Cedric Lodge allowed others to enter the morgue at Harvard Medical School and examine cadavers to choose which ones they wanted to purchase. According to a statement from the uh, US Attorney's Office, Katrina McLean of Salem, Mass., and Joshua Taylor of Westlawn, Pennsylvania uh, bought the body parts. According to the charging statement, Ms. McLean purchased dissected faces for $600. That she intended to have tanned into leather. <laughs> what man? There are some creepy people out there. This is a woman. Uh, it says she owned a store called Cat's Creepy Creations in Salem. Have you been there, Ironhead? I've never. I've never. I've spent any time at Cat's Creepy Crea- Creepy Creations. Never heard of it. Uh- uh, social media accounts for the business. So she specialized in upci- upcycling dolls into gothic, blood-soaked horror novelties. <laughs> uh, Mr. Taylor made 39 electronic payments to Mrs. Lodge for stolen body parts over the course of four years, totaling more than thirty-seven thousand dollars. The indictment included a grim reference to a PayPal memo for a purchase of one thousand dollars that read "Head Number seven. <laughs> uh, some crimes defy understanding, said state attorney, uh, U S attorney, uh, Gerard Parham, the theft and trafficking of human remains strikes at the very essence of what makes us human. Uh, Cedric and Denise Lodge refuse to answer reporters questions. Uh, it's not like he can, uh, lay low at this point. <laughs> if you've seen Cedric Lodge, it's not like he can, uh, get lost in the crowd, but I'll be curious to see uh, how deep this thing goes. Sold heads. So they, this guy like walked out of his meeting with lodge or walked out of the morgue with a bag of heads. Uh, I don't know, man. And how do you buy a face? I still want to know just the face, the flesh that goes all around your face. Does it include like eyeballs and noses and teeth? And she made them into dolls. So there are people up in Salem, Buying dolls that are made with human flesh. Uh, okay. Gross. Only the best people work at Harvard. <laughs> only, only the best and brightest work at Harvard. Well, there's an opening for a for a, a morgue manager. I guess you got to be a little twisted to be a morgue manager to begin with, but uh, I don't like Cedric Lodge's chances in court. <laughs> I don't like his chances of beating the ref. All right, we got to get to... Uh, Shadwick Moore, the author of Tucker, um, the book's coming out in July and it's going to be good. I'm just predicting. I know I'm a Tucker guy, a Tucker fan, but he had unlimited access to Tucker, his family, his friends, and uh, we'll ask him the big question, why? Why did Fox News do this to themselves? It's still mind boggling. You look at the, the ratings. Eric Bowling is uh, and Newsmax is beating the eight o'clock hour, the Tucker's old hour. He's beating. good for Eric. Congratulations to Newsmax. When you think about it, that, that, that would be impossible to imagine when Tucker was getting 3 million in in audience, I I think it was, I don't know, five, six, 10 times. The audience of uh, of Newsmax or CNN now Newsmax is beating the eight o'clock hour because people aren't just avoiding Fox. They are turning away with a vengeance, with an attitude saying, screw them. They were Tucker. Tucker's getting massive numbers on Twitter and uh, Fox News is uh, struggling. They are they they have been bud lighted and it's all their fault. But uh, we will get into that with uh, Chad, Chadwick Moore. And then uh, we'll get our uh, we'll do our U.S. Open preview uh, before we're done here. Imagine this, it's the dead of night, you're lying in bed, suddenly you hear something go bump. What's your next move? Well, you reach for the ultimate solution, the new MC-14T tip-up pistol from EAA Corp. and Gerson. This game-changing firearm is perfect with those with limited hand strength, disabilities, or anyone seeking a comfortable and user-friendly alternative. Picture this. The MC-14T features an ingenious tip-up barrel design, making loading and unloading a breeze. Say goodbye to struggles while racking a slide. Just load the tip-up barrel, lock it back down, and you are ready to fire. The MC-14T is chambered in 380 ACP, boasting a 13-plus-1 round capacity. With its reliable stopping power and compact size, it's an excellent choice for personal defense, complete with accessory rail and ambidextrous safeties. Experience a new level of convenience available with all EAA Corp. Distributors starting at an incredibly affordable MSRP of just $498. Don't miss out on this game-changing firearm. Visit eaacorp.com today. That's e a a c o r p . c o m Hi, joining us now is Chadwick Mork, uh, contributing editor at uh, The Spectator, but more importantly, author of the uh, upcoming book Tucker. A, uh, I guess what? Well, what are we calling this? An authorized biography? It's he's he's not involved with it, right, Chadwick? He's just cooperating.
4: Correct. Yeah. So it's an independent biography. Uh, so I've had total editorial control. Tucker's not seen a word of it, nor has he asked to, but he totally cooperated the whole way, gave me complete access and was made himself available whenever I, I needed anything or wanted to come and hang out with him.
0: Well, I have to say I'm genuinely excited for this book. I'm pre-ordering and um, I'm looking forward forward to it uh i was watching some of the coverage after the firing i think i was sitting there with my wife and i said literally i said someone's got to do a book on this and it was like the next day you post this video saying you know i got a book on tucker coming out and i'm like wow (laughs) talk about great timing i know you were done with it or mostly done with it
4: before the firing correct yeah, so we started this um, over a year ago, and actually the book was basically done. I sent I sent in my final manuscript in March, and we were just editing it, revising it, going through that process. Actually, the the week that he was that his show was taken off the air, I had like my final call scheduled with him, where I had like my five little follow up questions I wanted to ask. Like, did I get this correct? Can you explain this more? And then this, of course, happened, so we pushed back the publication date a bit. Uh, we Revised. I got to interview Tucker twice since his show was taken off the air, and I added a couple new chapters and and updated the book so that it's completely current. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, bizarre timing, indeed, for sure. We were always going to announce um, around this time in the spring. It was supposed to be out May thirty first. Now it's going to be July eighteenth. Uh, but as you said, available for pre order now.
0: Uh, do you feel do you feel lucky? You know, when he got fired, were you just sitting there going, "Wow, this is a little bit of more work." But wow, is this gonna help uh, push this book? Does, do you feel like it just caught a great break?
4: Uh, I don't know, to be honest, because I don't. I'm not really feeling that way. I mean, a lot of people are saying that to me, like, "Wow, you got so lucky, and this is amazing." And but um, I mean, I'm a little worried about the future, to be honest, of like of the news business and right. of of the, of the media, and you know what's going to happen to this country. Uh, I'm a little worried about what's happening. I mean, I think that his being removed was. Uh, a major blow and kind of a scary thing. Uh, you know, I'm worried about what what the disc, what's happening to discourse in this country. To be honest,
0: it's a, it's a good point. I got to ask. Um, I mean, I I follow this as closely as anybody. This whole story, this this business, and it still baffles me. If I get rid of Tucker, however, you know, whatever the circumstances were, they had to know. It wouldn't. It wouldn't go well. They had to know there'd be serious blowback. the The core audience would be pissed. Most of them would bail. They had to know it would be a PR disaster, and they did it anyway. Do you have an explanation for that, Chadwick? Do you, does it make any sense to you as as sort of an insider on the story?
4: Well, it doesn't make any sense to anyone uh, unless you uh, understand. And this is what everyone has told me. Uh, everyone who currently that I still talk to currently works at Fox as well as former Fox employees and former Fox hosts all say the same thing is, which is in fact, they didn't know, like none of this makes any sense unless you understand that Fox management is absolutely completely stupid. And those are the exact words that a lot of people who used to work for Fox and so do told me that they're completely out of touch with their audience, with the changing media landscape and with where they are as a brand and as a company You know, Fox sort of sees itself as um, this indefensible, I'm sorry, uh, indestructible juggernaut. And maybe they were 20 years ago, but they tend to think of their brand as being more powerful and more important than any of the personalities on their network. They tend to see their personalities as interchangeable and forgettable. And for the most part, they are. Almost all of them are. But then uh, along came Tucker Carlson at a time when the media landscape is shifting so quickly and most people are not paying attention to cable. I don't think they understood that he was a brand that was uh, as big, if not bigger than their own, and that he was bringing millions of people to cable who wouldn't normally be there and now have not come back.
0: And uh, I I guess they thought it happened with O'Reilly and they survived, or actually they upgraded when it happened with uh, Megan Kelly. I heard you uh, talking to her and she left voluntarily. O'Reilly, it cost him $69 million in sexual harassment suits. So it's a very different circumstance. But I don't think there's another. Uh, there's a Tucker waiting to replace Tucker.
4: Do you? No, I think he's a once-in-a-generation media figure. He's a he's Rush Limbaugh. You know, uh, nobody could ever really stack up to Rush, and I think that's what we're seeing with Tucker now. Um, he's he's kind of taken that place, and I don't think that that anyone really can replace him at all. Uh, and um, and I don't think that uh, you know the people at Fox really understood that.
0: And I don't think people aren't going to give him a chance anyway. I mean, if they put uh, Jesse Waters in there, people are going to, they're pissed and they're going to just turn away from Fox with a vengeance because they like Tucker and they feel like they've been burned. And I I always wonder this though, like the people, I I, I assume Murdoch is not an idiot and I don't know, maybe Lachlan Murdoch, Paul Ryan, whoever is in the decision-making position, um, Do you know who put the hit out? Do you know whose call this was? And do you think they're a little surprised right now and maybe regretting it? And is there any chance they try to bring him back? Uh,
4: I don't know who specifically made the call. I do know who made the physical call to Tucker Carlson to tell him he wasn't, uh, that his show was being taken off the air. That was Suzanne Scott, the president of Fox News. But I think she's just a lackey. It wasn't her decision. She was just charged with delivering the news. Uh, and um, I can't really see how they could bring him back. I mean, he's still a Fox News employee, as we're, as we're talking right now. He's right. Still getting paid to not have a show, and Fox is now really – I mean, talk about, like, the bad PR and, and what you were just describing. They keep shooting themselves in the foot by now sending him this cease-and-desist letter telling him to take his videos off Twitter. So they're really trying to make it obvious that they don't want him to speak, and his opinions and his views were so unique in all of mainstream media – uh, and he went against the grain and challenged the narrative on both the establishment right and the establishment left that now they're trying to keep him, it would appear, completely silent until his contract runs out, which is after the next presidential election. So either also, you know, what I was just saying, it's either they're completely stupid, which, you know, they didn't realize that it would have this big of a blowback, which I think is true, or or and or uh, the interest that someone on Fox News board, Paul Ryan, I don't know had in keeping him quiet until the next presidential election outweighed whatever uh, business losses they thought that they would suffer
0: in in this book do you answer the question do you answer the question why i mean it's it's still floating out
4: there like why what
0: made them pull the trigger on this and what could he have done that was so egregious that they would say let's let's sh- down our our highest rated guy our most popular guy our most influential guy let's just you know put a bullet in our head here that's what they did why
4: well i do have people talking about it in the book and i think that if readers read between the lines they'll be able to figure it out of course there are lots of um legal things i couldn't say and sources i couldn't give away but i'm pretty sure people will be able to figure it out
0: and uh does it uh, relate to the ukraine war
4: I did ask about that and uh I asked Tucker directly about that and um you know he said he didn't think so uh but I think that that's one of those big uh issues like you know there's a Ukraine war there is um big pharma there are all of these huge financial interests right. that 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 definitely wanted him silenced uh you know he always told me he was you know very gracious about Fox and the Murdochs he told me that the Murdochs are super pro Zelensky. uh they're super pro war with Russia and uh, that but they always let him uh, disagree and that even Lachlan Murdoch had dinner with him one night when he was really taking heat for his views over Ukraine and said, you know, basically, I disagree with you, but it's your show. You can say what you want. That was in February 2022. when they had that conversation. And, um, you know, Tucker said that he always felt grateful for that, to have a boss that let him disagree. I, I don't know if maybe that just reached a fever pitch over the, the next year. And that was a big contributing factor, um, but it's certainly true. There are many powerful rich industries that uh, would like to have him not speaking in mainstream media and I, one of them being the war lobby.
0: I always, I, I felt like it was a, you know, game of clue or, or knives out. There's so many suspects think of the powerful people that he's pissed off. I mean, you, starting with Joe Biden, obviously, but Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, uh, vladimir Zelensky, Big Pharma. I mean, the, the, the list of people who are genuinely powerful and influential who hate him is pretty long. So it's yeah. hard to narrow it down. I mean, I'm sure you tried, but uh, it could be any of them. Maybe it's a combination. Everything in that way, right. they all kind of ganged up and said, we got to get rid of this guy. I said this one day, I don't even know if, if anyone mentioned this to you, but he's the only host who ever mentioned that Ashley Biden claimed her father showered with her. Yeah. Nobody else would touch that. Every, right. time Tucker, every time Tucker would say that, I'd say, boy, he is going places nobody else goes. He goes to those dangerous places. And obviously, in the end, you know, they, someone said we can't have that anymore.
4: Right. Yeah. No, That. Oh, absolutely. That, and that's one of those things. That, and, and you're so right. No one else would even touch it. No one on Fox, especially. And, uh, I, you know, Democrats really hated him, but the Republican establishment really feared him. And that, you know, was another pressure, perhaps. Uh, and um, uh, there's certainly plenty of people that wanted him not to to talk. I think that everyone, everyone thought that one day his show would get taken off the air. You know, right. everyone thought that, like, they watched the show and be like, how can they keep letting him say this? Right. But, uh, you know, they, they, but I think they figured it would be like one episode, one monologue that he just really uh, crossed the line, according to the censors and the establishment. And then I think everyone thought it would be something that we could easily point to, like it was that episode, it was that thing he said. But what makes this situation, um, uh, I don't think anyone expected that it would happen in this way, so sudden and under such mysterious circumstances, and for Fox to be so closed mouth and, and aggressive about protecting the reason why they took him off the air. All right. How much access did you get? And
0: what was it like hanging with Tucker? Were you in Maine and in Florida with him, uh, living, yeah. hanging with him, fishing with him? What was it like?
4: Yeah, I was in both Maine and Florida, uh, Maine in the summer, Florida in the winter, hanging out with him. You know, he like invited me to stay in his home for a week, which I did. Uh, and you know, that was, I asked about hotels. He's like, no, you're staying with us. Here's my wife's phone number. Uh, and you know, so he like was totally open. It was great. Uh, so I got to spend a good amount of time with him in person uh, and then I got to spend a lot of time with his father, uh, his wife, you know, a lot of his colleagues, uh, and you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of interviews with people. Um, and uh, you know, he was just uh, totally open, which was wonderful. And you know, for a writer like myself and a biographer, and somebody who I just love profiles, I love writing about people. Um, he's really a writer's dream because he's so hilarious and entertaining. He's so down to earth. He's very engaging, very human personable and his interests are are varied and and wide and he's not someone that can just only talk about politics uh and um uh it it was a really wonderful experience
0: what's the weirdest thing you learned about him
4: well i just he's he uh he's never wear he doesn't wear deodorant he doesn't wear (laughs) socks he hasn't eaten a vegetable since he was in high school and he loves trees and the grateful dead (laughs)
0: <laughs> those are some pretty weird things. Did you talk or did he talk about his mother? His uh, Obviously his uh, strange relationship with his mother. I, I believe one time he said he didn't have a mother or something along those lines.
4: Uh, yeah, his mother uh, abandoned her family when Tucker was six years old, and his brother Buckley was uh, his younger brother Buckley was uh, f- uh, four, I believe, at the time. Uh, his mother wanted to be a, a art world hippie, and she just said, "You know, this isn't for me. Goodbye," and went to go live with this collective of artists in in Los Angeles. And he never spoke to her. He never saw her ever since then. He did actually speak to her uh, a couple times since then that I write about in the book, but never saw her again uh, she died in 2011. Um, and so, yeah, we got to talk about that. I, I spoke to people who knew his mother and got their impressions of her. Uh, and, um, yeah, that was certainly a really interesting thing about his life and his childhood. And I think, um, uh, you know, he doesn't think it really affects him much, but I got his wife's perspective on that and, um, and, and, you know, and how I think it affects him, which I think made him like a more dedicated father and, and, and husband.
0: That sounds interesting. I'm looking forward to reading about that. One of the hosts on Fox, I believe it was uh, Martha McCallum or when he was selling his book a few years ago, called him the least pretentious person she's ever met in the business. It sounds like the person you hung with. I mean, it just sounds like a normal guy, which people can't believe yeah. Tucker, who half the country thinks is evil. You know, that it can be just a normal guy with with four dogs in his bed who gets up and goes fishing and before you know writing his monologue but that's basically the person you hung with correct
4: oh yeah absolutely uh for sure and he really goes through great lengths to uh to keep that to be humble you know he has um kind of rituals to remind himself that he's not god and he really makes himself open and available to like everyone he gives his phone number to everyone like every waiter or or really (laughs) pilots or, and I talked to a lot of these random people that have his phone number that just text him all the time. And, um, he's, uh, yeah, he's totally approachable and open. He got a lot of that from his dad too. His dad was in television, um, and was an anchor. He was on TV and, um, you know, kind of taught him at a young age, not to take himself too seriously, not to think that he's, uh, you know, hot, um, hot, S-H-I-T. So uh, that was um, a really great uh, thing to see about him. And, and uh, he, yeah, everyone who meets him says that uh, they say yeah. that he's, you know, right. unpretentious and, and humble and nice. Yeah. Did, did he get
0: chased out of DC by Antifa? Is that accurate? I know he's in Maine. He's safely ensconced in rural Maine and in Florida in the summer uh, in the winter. But I, I seem to recall his wife being trapped in the closet and Antifa banging on the door. Was that the last straw for his yeah. long, I mean, he was in D.C. for a long time, but they chased him out of there. Right.
4: Yeah. D.C. was his home. And that's that's why he left. That was um, uh, November 2018, right after the midterms of that year. And um, after that, you know, he was his wife was in danger. They tried to break down the door. He was he was at work. And after that, he said, "Um, I'm done. And, and relocated permanently to Maine in, in the middle of absolute nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and he loves it up there. Uh, he, he loves it more than anything up there
0: and i know the people up there they like him too i mean that's that yeah. tells you a lot when you're hanging with these rural maine people and they have uh, they have no problem with yeah. uh, with tucker in their midst all right i gotta ask the big question he's doing twitter videos he's 10 12 minute videos which are great by the way this I, I i say this every day there's no commercials no interviews just tucker monologue and they're easy and they're quick and he's getting i think he's, he's over like 200 million clicks on the three so far uh, what is he going to do next? I mean, do you have any sense? I know the contract is a problem right now. There's an obstacle, but let's say he gets out of the deal. He's not going to sit on the sidelines for another year and a half. That doesn't seem possible. Where will he go? What will he do?
4: Well, his producer told me who, who was fired the same day that, that Tucker's show was pulled off the air, Justin Wells. He told me that they are going to try out Twitter. Twitter's launching a new video service that's meant to compete with YouTube, so it's for long form, like a long-form video platform, like a Rumble or a YouTube. Right. So I believe they're going to try to expand the show, do a full hour, just like it was on television, on this new Twitter platform. Uh, but um, just, Justin told me that, you know, they're not committed to staying there. They're not employees of Elon, Elon Musk. They're not making money off of it. They're not in a deal with Twitter. Uh, they're going to try it out, see if they like the product. If not, they'll take it somewhere else. Um, my gut tells me they're, they're, they might be trying to launch uh, their own network, um, you know, maybe something similar to Daily Wire, Blaze, something like that. Uh, but, um, but now they're just, you know, he's obviously embroiled in this contract stuff. Uh, that Fox is trying to silence him um, and And about that, too. Well, it's so funny if anybody saw that cease and desist letter from Fox uh, that firstly claimed that he was violating his contract by uh, rendering services. And as I just said, he's not being paid to do these or he's not an employee. Right. So I don't think that legally constitutes rendering services. Secondly, uh, uh, you know Fox lets all of their uh, personalities give their opinions on Twitter, on social media right. about the news of the day. Is Tucker doing anything different? I don't know. It doesn't seem that way. Thirdly, if if Fox were to sue Tucker Carlson over this, I don't think they would want to do that because then they would have to go into discovery about the reason why they took a show off the air, and then that would be public knowledge, and I don't think Fox wants to do that. So I think Tucker, by poking the bear right now, is um, probably in a safe spot.
0: It's brilliant because I mean he was allowed to post on Twitter when he was an employee, in, you know, in, on the air. So now they claim he's still under contract, still an employee, and he's not allowed to post on Twitter. Why? What? Why? And you know, Sean Hannity and Jesse Waters can post on Twitter. Why can't Tucker? I think he's he's in a good place. People, uh, is, he's teasing people with these short videos. I can't imagine. I, I assume you agree that he could never just sit out for a year and a half and collect checks. Correct? He couldn't do that.
4: No, and he is, you know, even the last time I spoke to him, he even right after his show was taken off there, he was in very high spirits, you know, he has very high self-esteem, and uh, but he was just so frustrated about not being able to work because he just loves to work so much and just needs to get out there. So he's more frustrated, I think, than anything, or at least he was. Now he's able to do some things on Twitter. Um, But uh, no, I don't think he's going to, he can't sit by. Uh, He's too um, fired up.
0: And Fox can't ask him to. That's ridiculous. All right, before you go, I got to ask you. You were good on uh, Tucker and you were good on, um, on Gutfeld. You're out. You've been banned.
4: I'm out. I've been banned because I wrote a wow. book about Tucker Carlson. And then uh, when I um, and then I was pulled off my upcoming appearances on Gutfeld's show, whatever. And then when I tweeted that they were taking me off Fox because I wrote this book, um, even though Fox management knew about the book, they didn't see it or anything, but Tucker told them I'm participating in this biography and they gave him his ble- the the blessing. Um, when I when I tweeted about that, Greg Gutfeld blocked me on Twitter. I'm like, okay, big man, Greg. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's safe to say I'll never appear on that network again, which is fine. Like who cares, to be honest. That is so
0: disappointing. I'm a Gutfeld fan too. And, and I don't know anything about his personal life, but I like his monologues. And that sounds so petty. Do you think, how do you think your book tour is going to go? I'm just trying to envision it. Is CNN, MSNBC, ABC, are they going to, put you on? I mean, are they going to allow this <laughs> book to get, to get uh, publicity? Uh, how do you think it's going to work Chadwick when you hit the road?
4: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe, uh, and, and, and I always liked great too. I'm not, you know, I'm not talking junk about anybody who works at Fox. Cause I, I really liked everyone I worked with there, like genuinely liked them, not just on air. I, I especially liked the behind the camera people, the, the technicians and the makeup girls and the sound guys. And they were, I really genuinely liked all those people. So that's a little upsetting, but, um, I don't know how it's going to go. I mean, you know, the liberal media m- would like to pretend that someone like me doesn't exist, but they might have me on if they think it's a an opportunity to like take a pot shot at Fox. I don't know, but um, it will be interesting. I mean, I'll happily go on the liberal networks to talk right. about what they get wrong about Tucker Carlson and the person that I came to get to know.
0: You know what I can't picture? I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you go one second here. I can't imagine. I know your story. You're, you're a gay guy in Brooklyn who was disowned by the, your friends and, you know, guys, best friends because you did a profile that wasn't a, you know, totally negative about, um, you know, Milo Yiannopoulos. What are they going to say? What are they saying now that you are, that you have a whole book about, about Hitler, about Satan? <laughs> <laughs> I
4: mean, oh, they're you probably got, you got any left? And if it hits that New York Times bestseller list, it'll be even better. <laughs> I mean, do, do, do you have new friends, or do you have any friends left? Or maybe I mean I know. Oh, I've, I've, uh, zero people I talked to from pre twenty sixteen. Anyone I knew from pre twenty sixteen, besides my family, um, doesn't speak to me anymore, and I don't speak to them anymore. But um, uh, yeah, of course, I have many new friends, and, and you know, life only gets better when you get away from that that kind of. Political philosophy that's just so entrenched in anger and um, misinformation, really, which is what I found with all my friends on the left, and especially in New York City.
0: Well, this is the best revenge, I'm, uh, I'm telling you, my friend, you are going to this is <laughs> going to be big. This is going to be huge. I'm predicting right now. Uh, you'll be too big. You won't even talk to Newsmax anymore. You'll be too big for all I'll
4: always talk to Newsmax. So you're out of your mind, come on. I love the people who work at Newsmax, too. I love all you guys that I work with at Newsmax. Yeah,
0: well, see if he could talk Tucker into coming on over. You know, once he's out of that contract, he'd fit always. in nicely. I think he would, too. I agree. And he could do what he wants, say what he wants. Uh, it'd be great. But anyway, uh, good luck with the book. I don't think you need it, Chadwick Moore, author of Tucker. Just Tucker. There's Tucker's face on the cover. It's available July
4: 18th. Yep. And available for pre order now, anywhere you get your books or at Tuckworthhebook.com.
0: Excellent. I'm going to do that right now. Awesome. Chad Whitmore. Uh, I appreciate your time. And we'll check in with you, you know, in a month or two. See how totally. uh, seeing and we will see how it's going. I think it's gonna go great.
4: Oh, great. Thanks Thank so you, man. Thanks. Chad, I appreciate it.
0: it. Appreciate it. As you know, Shea Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. This is your spring project, people. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great uh, values on designs that will fit your home. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. Make your front steps the talk of the town and do it now. Do it this spring. No reason not to. You know that removing the stairs is a pain. They're heavy. They're awkward. And where do you take them when you get rid of them? Shea will take care of all that for you. They leave it to them. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's more than an upgrade. It's an investment. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you'll get a brand-new front entrance. Learn more at Shayconcrete.com and... While you're there, you can look for a job. Shake Concrete is hiring right now. They have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people and skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. That's it. Go to shakeconcrete.com. Well, they have teed off. The uh, first groups are off at L.A. Country Club. Good point by Ironhead. When the uh, when a major's on the West Coast, that is good. We're going to be able to watch. This weekend, we're going to be at Will to watch the US Open to like 9, 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> Maybe not on Sunday, but that's okay because that will be, uh, uh, we'll just be watching the leaders by then. But this thing's going to go all day, all night. Uh, the leaders, uh, uh, no one I've ever heard of, but uh, popular picks, of course, Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm. I like Brooks Kepka. I like his chances. I mean, I'm not going to pick him because he's. A favorite. We're looking for somebody. Xander Shoffley, very popular pick. He is good at U.S. Opens. He's good at these tough courses. Uh, Max Homa has no chance. I always root for Max. He seems like a nice guy, but he has no chance. He's home. There's pressure on him. He's not good at the U.S. Open. Uh, But uh, who you like, Ironhead? Uh, I think
1: Brooks also is going to win. He's just been awesome lately on both
0: both, uh, uh, tours. but here's I, the thing. His thing with Brooks, he likes when things are crazy, when right. things get tense. Most guys don't. I I mean, most human beings don't like when the pressure's on and there's tension and there's right. adversity. No one handles it better than Kepka, whether you like him or not. Uh He, he loves these situations. And obviously this pressure, it's obviously a major U.S. Open and the, the live the. PGA merger is buzzing around the place. There's lots of tension, and that brings out the best in uh, Kepka. But he's, uh, let's see, third. Scheffler's the favorite, then Rom, then Kepka, then Rory. Now that's a bad bet. Don't tell me you've been on Rory. Did you bet on Rory?
1: Absolutely not.
0: Uh, I mean, I like him. I root for him, but he's not like Kepka. He doesn't like these situations, he doesn't like tension and confrontation. So, I don't like his chances. Patrick can then don't like his chances. Victor Hovland. That's a good bet. Plus 1600. Then Shoffley Spieth. No. Homa, Cam Smith. Yeah. I'm going to pick, uh, I'm going to pick Cam Smith. He won me lots of money in a, uh, not lots of money. He won me money, little money in a, in a uh, British open pool last summer. So I'm going to go with Cam Smith. Terrell Hatton. He's fun to watch. Who'd you bet on?
1: Ironhead? So uh, Dustin Johnson at plus 4,000. I, wow. I, I stink at uh, gambling on golf, so I just pick someone that I think could win. I throw five bucks on it. If they win, I get a few hundred dollars. If they lose, I don't notice it.
0: But, you, uh, you stink at betting golf. What are you good at betting? I'm the best at NBA. I was going to say, not NFL. We, we not know that you said. Except- you're the best at NBA. Yeah, uh, not
1: the best, but like that is the I am the most successful for myself at that. I still so stack. you're
0: you're ahead of the game. You're you're, uh, you're you've won more than you've lost on NBA.
1: Yeah, last year I was up a couple grand, and then this year I'm probably more around even. So you put five bucks on Dustin Johnson. You're yep. high roller here. Yeah, high roller, and then. And then ten bucks on what? Uh, I did uh, a four pick parlay on head to head matchups today. <laughs> oh, so I got uh, I got I, I got Fleetwood over Hatton today. Uh, I got Rom over Scheffler, Dustin Johnson over Matt Fitzpatrick, and Kepka over Cantley.
0: Kepka over Cantlay. All right. Well, I got. I'm not going to keep track of that. Good luck. Ten bucks. <laughs> 10 bucks and five bucks on Dustin Johnson. That's not bad. I mean, he's, he can be good in these situations too. I mean, I don't think he'll win, but it's, you know, five bucks. Uh, But uh, I hope it's not, you know, Sheffler, Rahm, Kepka. I hope there's some, it's going to be, you know, that's the beauty of the majors. I've never quite understood. It used to be a lot of uh, unknown guys would emerge and win the U S open, but now the best players you know, emerge in these moments. The pressure's on. The courses are tough. These guys, it's good. I, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for seeing, uh, you know, big name guys under great pressure on Sunday. I'll go with Cam Smith. You're going to go with Dustin Johnson.
1: Yeah, I, my, my real pick would be Kepka, but I'm hoping Dustin Johnson.
0: And uh, the the announcers will be avoiding, largely avoiding the live talk. I mean, I'll get into it a little bit, but well, uh, who knows? It is wild. The,
1: the commissioner had to step down for an illness, and now he's stepping away.
0: Oh, by the way, Phil Mickelson—does he make the cut? I say yes. That's yeah. another prop sure. bet. Phil, yes. Phil Mickelson, top twenty, top twenty. Phil, I like it too. He likes these situations. Mm-hmm. He likes these uh, tense, crazy situations. But it is amazing. You have groups of players. You're going to have a guy. You know, Hideki Matsuyama, who turned down $400 million mm-hmm. playing with someone like, uh, whatever, Cam Smith, who made $100 million to go to live for a year. And he gets to keep the money, I'm pretty sure. And Matsuyama gets nothing.
1: Oh, they're going to have <laughs> a just, lawsuit on their hands for sure, I think. Uh,
0: I know they're going to kick some money to those guys, but you can't make it whole. You can't give you know, $800 million to Tiger and $400 million to to. Uh, Matsuyama, and I don't know what Rom was offered. Rory said he got no offer. I'm not sure I believe that. If he wanted an offer, he would have gotten one, and it would have been huge. Maybe they just thought he wasn't interested, but uh, it'll be that thing hanging over the whole tournament, which is good. Anything to add a little intrigue is good by me. It's, again, not the Masters, but it's probably my second... So British is pretty good too. British is pretty good too, but it's Love probably it. the second best tournament. There'll be lots of celebrities there. It's going to in LA. Lots of uh, you know lots of I think I just- I think I'm a British Open 2 guy. British Open number 2, I think. You'd put British open too. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's just one. You can't even tell where the green ends, the fairway starts. You can't even see the ball. It's
1: chaos. You know, I love it.
0: yeah. it's, it's hard and it's windy and it's rainy and it's, yeah, it's, it's good too. It's good. All the majors are great, but we will be watching. I, we'll leave it there. I'm uh, supposed to be on uh, Greg Kelly's show tonight, which is great. I think Kelly is stepping into that void that Tucker left us. He's uh, He's really good at what he does, and uh, I'm scheduled to be on. Who knows? Something breaks. They'll bump me maybe, but uh, that's 10 o'clock tonight on Newsmax. Check it out anyway. He's just hes just good. He's funny. He's witty. He's insightful. I like it, but uh, uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks to Chadwick Moore. Get the book wherever you get your books. Just called Tucker. Pre-order it today. I'm going to. But uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Kelly, and this is the Callahan Show, and we'll do it again tomorrow. Here tonight,
1: shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Or am I standing on the
4: Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify.
1: Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com listen.